This podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's blueberry with no E's dot com. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Transpersonal Radio with Angela Lynn Gibson. Remember, your thoughts upload your reality. Think wisely and always prepare to ignite. Welcome. Welcome to Transpersonal Radio. Transpersonalradio.com. Real talk for real life. Inspiring podcasts. Exploring personal empowerment. empowerment. And transformation. Through parapsychology, spirituality, and how your thoughts Up. upload your reality. And now your host, Angela. Angela L. Gibson. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash transpersonal radio. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Margaret Gomes, founder and owner of Live Food Academy and certified raw food chef, joins me to discuss her journey from illness back to health using live raw foods and how we can also heal ourselves through delicious, simple, raw, organic foods. Margaret founded Live Food Academy to teach making raw foods simple. Margaret, thank you for joining me today to do this podcast. Thank you very much, Angela. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Margaret, please tell me and our listeners a brief summary of how you got involved in live whole raw foods. Sure. Well, it all happened about three years ago where I um, suddenly became ill and I didn't know what was going on with my body. Um, I tried um, all different types of treatments. I tried conventional, I tried alternative, and nothing seemed to give me a result and improve my health. And every day I just felt worse, and the pain was excruciating. I can't tell you how much the pain was. And so we were actually living in Europe at the time, myself, my husband, and my son. And one day we decided to come to the States and we were hoping that the States would actually provide a solution to my health problems. So we came to the States. I was almost unable to walk by that time. I came in a wheelchair and it was very difficult for me to go through the whole journey. It took me days to recover from the plane journey. So we tried, even when we got to the States, we tried a few different things. We went down to Tijuana, Mexico, which has a lot of different alternative clinics down there. We met a lot of people trying to recover from cancer and things like that. It's quite amazing what they do down there. I tried a few treatments down there. Um, One of them was ozone therapy, but it didn't really make a difference to me. I, I sort of got back once I started, stopped doing the treatments, my, my health just got worse again. So. I was just sitting there one day on the computer. Um, I spent a lot of time researching health and nutrition. And I found this book called 12 Steps to Raw Foods by Victoria Butenko. And it's, it's actually a really good book. It's really simply written and has a lot of information and um, statistics on, you know, the differences between raw foods and cooked foods and 
the whole enzyme um, situation with living enzymes and it made so much sense to me that I discussed it with my husband and I said, look, you know, maybe I should try this. We've tried almost everything else. Right. 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 <laughs> We've tried everything else. So let's Nothing try this. Yes. Nothing to lose. And so that's what happened. I basically gave up cooked foods for two weeks and I was doing juicing, essentially. Um, I made my own almond milk and I was doing smoothies with almond milk and berries, which are really high in antioxidants. And um, salads. And that's all I was doing. Wow. Those three things for two weeks. Okay. Um, my energy level was so bad that I was just like sort of crawling out of bed literally oh. and, you know, getting I've up. I've been there. You've been there too, huh? Yes. Yeah. I was just crawling and making a juice and then going back to bed. And then like in a little while, I'd get up again and I'd, you know, do something else. I'd either do the smoothie or do another juice. So essentially juicing is so alkalizing and that's why my body responded so well is that I was just doing alkaline foods because raw food is alkalizing for our body. And processed food or cooked food is acidic yes, most of the time. And so that's why it actually started to heal my body from the inside and I noticed the difference. You know, you bring up a, you bring up a good point. The healthy state of blood pH should be about 7.2. Right. And we have altered our body chemistry through all the processed, chemical-laden foods that we eat mm -hmm. so that right. our bodies have become more acidic and therefore more likely to become disease-ridden. And the alkalizing foods green foods, raw foods, through my studies I've learned that helps to realign your natural pH balance. It does. That's right. That's right. Well, for our body to be healthy, we should be eating 80% alkaline and 20% acid. Okay. Yeah. And that for um, a lot of people is really scary because how am I going to eat 80% yes. <laughs> alkaline foods? Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> it's pretty scary. Absolutely. So you were diagnosed with a serious blood infection, mm -hmm. uh, systemic candida, fibromyalgia, and chronic fatigue syndrome. Right. And all of this was not responding to allopathic medical treatment, to naturopathic medical treatment. So you decided to start looking at nutritional alternative ways of eating. Right. Healing right. yourself through nutrition. Exactly. Now, that's true. What was happening is, even though you can be eating a good diet, if your body is unable to absorb the nutrients from that food, then you're, you're not going to improve. And that's what was happening with me. All of my body internal organs were just stagnated. My blood was stagnated. It wasn't digesting anything I was eating to the point where when I started eating, I would pass out. Wow. My liver could not function. It could nothing was functioning. Wow. It was really scary. You know. That is scary. It's very scary. And we actually did live blood analysis on my blood. I mean, there's a lot of controversy about live blood analysis and whether it's true or not. But I saw my blood cells in a microscope and they were like square. They weren't wow. even round. And I had like protein platelets. I had like all the bacteria flying around. It's really amazing because you can see literally what's going on inside your body. 
you know, and it gave me an insight as to how acidic my body was, and I really had to do something because I was like a step from cancer. Yes. Like literally. Yes. And I've had my own personal ups and downs journey with with health issues related to nutrition. Right. Uh, Early 2000s, I found myself in and out of hospital regularly, Mm -hmm. sometimes in hospital for days at a time. Right. Uh, In the beginning, when I was presenting to the emergency room with all these different symptoms, I went through the whole gamut of, uh, it's all in your head. Right. Or it's stress. Right. Or, you know, you just need to uh, calm down. (laughs) Don't worry about it so much. Right, (laughs) right. As it kept happening, and they started running more and more tests, they realized that... Uh, and thank goodness I came across a general practitioner who actually listened to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Dr. Daniel Lumian, and uh, it, he's based out of Denver, Colorado. Finally listened to what I was saying, and they started running some, some more tests, and they realized my white blood cell count was 26,000. Wow. Which is... Outrageous. That's incredible. It's outrageous. It was fighting some infection. Absolutely. Something was going on. At that point, they were concerned that I had cancer of some kind because that's the level when you get to that level. So, needless to say, they put me through every test you could possibly be put through. Right. And, like you, couldn't come up with a, diag- a specific a solid, diagnosis. Solid, solid diagnosis, right. I was able to get beyond the it's all in your head because mm-hmm. I had Dr. Garcia and Dr. Lumian both say, well, 26,000 white blood cell count is not in your head. <laughs> we can see that. There's something going something on with you. Something's going on, right. We don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. At that same time, I realized I needed to take on the responsibility of researching what I was putting into my body. Mm-hmm what I was actually doing to my body through the foods that I ate. And I'm, I have quite an extensive library of books on the subject, and I'm not going to read them all here, but I will post them on my website in relation to this podcast. Right. But, but they uh, cover everything from healing through nutrition, encyclopedia of nutritional supplements and natural medicine, several vegetarian cookbooks, one of them that's important, Sick and Tired by Anthony Robbins, talks about the alkaline versus acidic. Alkaline diet, yes, right. absolutely. One of my favorites is the Real Food Daily Cookbook mm-hmm. by Ann Gentry. And in the uh, Los Angeles area, they have Real Food Daily restaurants, which are awesome because they cook for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. We all know the shoulds and should nots. We should only drink alcohol in moderation or we shouldn't drink alcohol at all, depending on who you ask. Right. Uh, We should not smoke. We should exercise, drink lots of water, get out in the sunshine. And, of course, we should make healthy food choices. Most everyone by now knows that poor eating choices lead to obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes, other illnesses, and increased mortality rate. Even knowing all this... Living a healthy lifestyle is quite challenging for a majority of people. We all live ridiculously busy lives with limited household budgets. Over 45 million U.S. citizens live without even basic health insurance. So hopefully, Margaret, you'll be able to provide some insight on cost, convenience, and practical tips for adopting a healthier lifestyle in our busy, overstressed, overworked, and overcommitted lives. 
what I really want to start with is let's talk about the cost of eating healthy. A family of four can eat at McDonald's or Taco Bell for less than $20. And we all know you cannot get out of a health food store for less than $80 for half a bag of items. Right. There was a recent article in the Business Pundit website that provides a nice overview of the cost of, uh, the cost of living. So healthy versus unhealthy. And I just want to take a look at this chart. Basically, according to this website, 56% of U.S. citizens are overweight. Right. Almost 23% are suffering from obesity. And if you take those numbers together, that's almost 75% of the United States population that has some kind of a health-related issue. Serious health issue. Serious health-related issue. Right. Overweight, obese. Right. And diabetes. again, of course, with that, come, exactly comes diabetes, high blood pressure. Right. All these other. I mean, there, is, there are children as young as seven years old with diabetes. Absolutely. In it's That's just scary. scary. It is, that is so scary. scary. Yes. Problem is, if you're looking at a recommended daily calorie intake of 2,200, and you're looking at cost per day to eat, mm-hmm. based on a 2,000 calorie diet per day, it's going to cost someone $3.52 to eat junk food, run over to McDonald's, pick up a, a Happy Meal or a Big Mac meal. This is per meal. Okay. It's going to cost $36.32 on average for healthy food. And then breaking that down further, you look at getting a container of low-fat yogurt. This chart has it at $0.58. Cents. I know for a fact that the yogurt that I buy is 89 to 99 cents per container, and that's just one container of yogurt. Right. You can get a Big Mac for 98 cents. Right. Guess what people do? They go for the McDonald's. They go for the McDonald's. Obviously. But they're also Mm -hmm. not aware of why. They don't ask themselves, why is junk food so cheap? And that's an excellent question. Why is junk food so cheap? Do you know? No, tell us. Well, junk food is cheap because it's subsidized. Most companies um, that deal with meat or dairy-based products are subsidized up to 85%. So that burger, which costs 99 cents to the public, only costs them 20 cents. Uh Aha. That's why it's so cheap. So how do we shift the subsidies from processed chemical-laden food that's a really good point. I think if more people were aware of that and they actually started buying healthier food options, then the government would be forced to make a difference in there. Because healthy companies are only subsidized like not even 1%. That's scary. Farms and all of the, all of the, like the farmers markets and all those people, mm-hmm. they hardly get any subsidies at all. You get subsidies for your corn. You know, your dairy, your meat products, it's just really amazing. So we're set up to fail. We are. We are. And the government prefers to actually spend millions of dollars on health care than to spend those millions of dollars in helping people eat healthier. Wow. It's, <laughs> it's really amazing. And every time I have a talk or a class inevitably someone asks me that question or they, um, you know, they give me that impression that it's too difficult, it's too expensive. Mm -hmm. And once I explain why, then they're like, oh, you know, that's why. From a practical standpoint. Right. Today, 
right. with healthy eating not being subsidized uh-huh. and buying dried apricots for $3 or buying uh, celery or, or broccoli for 2 to $3 mm-hmm. versus a dollar something for a Big Mac. What can people do today to save money or spend about the same amount of money they would spend on junk food to eat healthy? Healthier. Well, I think the main issue with people buying junk foods is the convenience of it all. If you go out and buy your ingredients, your healthy ingredients, and make your food at home, it mm-hmm. would actually be much cheaper than buying healthy prepared foods. Over the, right? over the long run. Over the long run, of course. Mm-hmm. And you're going to also cut down the time that you're spending in emergency rooms mm-hmm. and all of your doctor-related expenses and medications. I mean, Americans take so many daily medications. It's yes. crazy. Yes. Totally crazy. Absolutely. So in the long run, not only would they save, but they would also feel better. And people are so used to feeling sick that they don't know what feeling good is. I think you're right about that. They have no comparison. Absolutely. They're like, okay, well, why should I put myself through this change in diet if I'm going to feel bad anyway? Because I feel bad already. Yes. You know, it's, it's a really vicious cycle to actually break. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about convenience. <laughs> convenience. <laughs> I know from personal experience that I don't juice daily or prepare healthy foods daily because of cost, okay. but also because it takes a certain amount of time commitment. And uh, it's a lifestyle change. And that lifestyle change interferes with my work productivity and my established routine. I own a champion juicer, which I love. Wow. Well, that's really good. But guess how many times I use it? I don't know. (laughs) Once. (laughs) (laughs) A little better track record than once, but not often. And I also have a green machine juicer. Champion juicer is my favorite. Yes. Mm -hmm. Champion's my favorite. Right. That's the one I prefer. But... I am stuck in the rut of it's easier for me to throw a $2 burrito from Trader Joe's in the microwave and heat that thing up while I'm still coding away on the computer as opposed to standing there washing all the vegetables, straightening everything out, running it through the juicer, making the juice, cleaning everything up. I don't Uh, do it, even though I know I should. Okay. So let me ask you something though. Where is your juicer right is now? It in the cupboard? Right now, it's in my it's in my cupboard. Okay. Well, okay. see, there you go. <laughs> um, so how are you going to actually look at the juicer and think maybe I should juice if it's hiding in your cupboard? You're right. And I had it on my shelf mm-hmm. in view for a while. Right. But I still didn't use it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. It's like how important is your health to you? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Right. Let's let's talk about yeah. a few different scenarios, and maybe you can give us some practical tips for these various groups sure. of individuals. I'd like to address a few particular circumstances that many of us can relate to, and and if you can just give some practical tips for these different groups of people. Sure. So, how about some advice for people who travel extensively for work? And by that, I mean, for example, someone who has to fly to different cities, they stay in hotels, they work 10-hour days, and then they're on to the next city. In terms of like eating healthy? Yes, because so for this particular scenario, let's Mm say uh, someone is a contractor for a company okay, and they have to fly into a city Mm -hmm. that they don't know. So they don't know the way around. Basically, they fly into the city, they pick up a rental car, they drive to their hotel, they get up, they go to work for this company that they have to work for for the week or two that they're there. Right. Then they're on a plane to the next one. Okay. 
how do these people eat healthy? Okay. Well, the the um, good thing about technology is the internet is just so advanced that we can basically Google before we leave, and we know we're going to a certain city. We can find out where the healthiest places are in that city, and sort of plan what we're doing. Right. That's a that's a good way to do it. The other way is is if you're actually active in health, you can take a little blender in your bag and just blend up some vegetables with some fruits and have a green smoothie, which is really good for you. And it'll give you like two or three hours of nutrition, right? Okay. Rather than going to the store or to McDonald's and picking up a burger, which has 3,000 calories right. and absolutely no nutrition at all. Absolutely. Yeah. So instead of Googling where are all the fast food restaurants right. near my hotel, exactly. you can Google where are the, where healthy, are the healthy restaurants, restaurants exactly. or or smaller grocery stores where smaller I can pick up smaller grocery stores where you can pick things up a lot of places like for example Trader Joe's have really good things that are reasonably priced they have green juices in their section that are reasonably priced so there are places where you can pick up healthy options if you look for those okay let's talk about uh, advice for people who work long days in a cubicle in a corporate environment. Mm-hmm. They get two 15-minute breaks and maybe a half-hour to an hour lunch break. Okay. And uh, then they get off work. They're rushing home to pick up the kids from the babysitter, and then they're off to soccer practice or I've piano lessons. Situation. So how about these people? How do they prepare uh, so that they can eat healthy and not just go through the McDonald's drive through on the way from one point, point A to point B? Right. A lot of um, a good thing about raw foods is that you can prepare a lot of it in advance. Like on the weekend, you can make like uh, dressings, uh, salad dressings, you can do pâtés, you can make desserts. Um, All of these um, will last you for five, four or five days in the refrigerator, or you can even freeze a lot of things. Like, for example, a pesto sauce, you can freeze it for up to two months. So it's sort of like pre-planning ahead, the same way that a lot of people plan, oh, what am I going to wear tomorrow? Or, you know, what's my work schedule for next week? You can actually plan, what am I going to eat? What do I feel like eating? And how can I prepare it so that I'm not going to be sucked into those, you know, fast food or driving past McDonald's or Pizza Hut or whatever it is. Okay. You, know, you can plan in advance. Okay. okay. And and this advice that you just gave probably covers the next couple situations, but I'm going to name them anyway. Sure. How about our law enforcement officers who are in a patrol car 10 or 12 hours a day and also medical staff who work 36-hour shifts in an emergency room? Okay. Pre-planning, mm-hmm. having meals prepared. That yeah, they usually can do. You can take a cooler with you anywhere. Even those people that are working in a cubicle environment, there's nothing stopping them from snacking, right? They can exactly. have just things snacked like carrot sticks, celery, almond butter. That's the easiest snack of them all. Dried fruits. You know, you can do, you can make um, sushi rolls with just like a, a pecan pate or anything that's healthy because nuts are healthy and protein rich. And you can snack on all of these things, you know, rather than eating a big, heavy, fat laden meal that's going to drag you down. And how many times have you eaten those meals and you're like, 
I want to go to sleep Absolutely. now. I do not <laughs> want to go to work. Done for the day. Right? <laughs> Done. Exactly. So um, there's a lot of things that you can do. You just have to get yourself into that psyche that, okay, how important is my health? Mm-hmm. I really want to get healthy because without being healthy, A, I can't do my work. I can't help my family, and I can't help other people. True. You know? Very true. How about advice for those who are living in a college dorm-type environment? So, basically, they don't have access to a fully equipped kitchen. Their entire kitchen accoutrements consist of a mini-fridge and a toaster oven, or maybe maybe a hot plate or something like that. What, what do they do? With a dorm environment, it's the peer pressure that it's the most difficult because you find one person in there, if they're really into junk food, then everyone will be into the junk food. If you can turn that situation around where they're actually interested in health and productivity, because junk food does not give you productivity in a student environment at all. It's true. Right? It just makes you you know, fall out and then you get into the whole parties scene and everything and none of that is productive in a student environment. So, um, you know, you could get all of them pitching in and buying a blender or a juicer. I mean, you can see Craigslist has juices for like $30. Nice. You know, you can get things. And a lot of people like yourself that have a juicer sitting on the shelf, they finally <laughs> they finally decide to get rid of the juicer. And so they end up selling it for like $20, $30, $50. And you get a really good, almost brand new juicer, you know, that's, that you can use. Very good. You know. Let's talk about labeling. I think mm-hmm. this comes back to um, what a little bit of what you were talking about earlier with government subsidizing uh, the dairy industry and, uh, and the, the meat, meat industry. industry. I'm going to give you a personal scenario that, that actually, a personal experience, a little story that happened to me. Sure. So I'm on this health food kick, and I'm going to be eating healthy, and I'm going to be doing my best to be vegetarian and vegan. Go up to Spokane to visit my sister. We decide we're going to do this program where we're going to eat healthy, we're going to exercise, we're going to we're, we're going to get fit. Right. So we decide that we're going to download this iPhone app. We both have iPhones. We're going to download this app and we're going to keep track of everything we're doing. So this iPhone app requires you to actually put in the calories mm-hmm. and the breakdown of protein, carbohydrates, and fat of everything that you put in your mouth for the day. Right. Well, that required me to sit down and really read some labels. Not that I'm not a label reader anyway. I usually am. However, in this particular case, I happened to get fooled because I went to Trader Joe's and they had vegan pad thai, Mm -hmm. these frozen containers of vegan pad thai. I said, oh, that's great. How can that not be healthy? It's vegan. It's pad thai. Right. Cool. So this particular day, I sit down and I have to enter this in my iPhone app. First time I really read the label closely. 600 calories. Wow. In this vegan pad thai. Guess how many calories are in a Big Mac? 535. Right. I was off the wall. (laughs) How am I supposed to be healthy when the healthy food has more calories than the non-healthy food. Right, right. But you need to see if those calories in the vegan pad thai 
were they good calories or about like were they coming from fat or what percentage of fat was in that dish? I don't have the exact numbers in front of me at the moment. I right. have them recorded. Right. Fat and sugar was higher than I expected. Right. Um, and again, this, this and gets... sodium as well. You find sodium yes. also. Yes. And this gets way. a little outside of the topic because your focus is on raw food and live food. Right. And this right. isn't that. But it is also vegan and, and you know... No, it is. Whole. It's good. And I also, um, I also do cooked classes, cooked vegan vegetarian classes as a way of helping people transition Perfect. to a better diet because it's impossible for someone to come off of a standard American diet... To 100% raw food in like one day. Yes. It's so possible. It's a journey that they need to make. What is your advice for, uh, obviously people need to be label savvy. And and they can't just assume that because something is labeled a health food that it is a health food. Another great example are all of these, um, there's been a proliferation of health food bars lately. So these protein bars... I don't know the exact words for them, but all the different... Right, right, right. If you look at a lot of those, most of them... They're not good for you. It's a candy bar. I know. It is. It is. It's just laden with sugar and sodium. So... And it's not good. So, in in other words, what's happened is over the years, um, companies have realized that the health movement, there's a lot of money in the health movement. Uh-huh. So a lot of the big companies that we know of that are into junk food have actually bought out a lot of the smaller companies, which are health foods companies. A good example is Pepsi owns that coconut water, One. Yes. They own One. They bought it out last year. Now, if you look at One, there's nothing on it that says it's owned by Pepsi. They've maintained all of the packaging and everything. So that's what's happened with a lot of different companies that were previously owned by small family-based health-related, health-conscious people are now in the hands of all of these multi-million dollar companies who are only interested in making money. Wow. They're not interested in health. So these days you really have to research when you go and buy something Either you do read the label or you just find out about that company. Is this a good product or not? Did the ingredients change in the one coconut water once Pepsi well, took them over? Or, or do you know? As far as I know, I mean, it looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would doubt the quality of the ingredients based on the history of Pepsi. Right. 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 They're into making money. They're not into health conscious issues. So that's just one example. There's millions of examples out there like that. So you need to really be You really need to be conscious. And um, the thing with protein bars is they're good as a maybe a one meal replacement option or a, you know, a snack if you really don't have the ability to make your own. It's not good as an everyday occurrence if you buy four or five protein bars a day. Sure. Even the healthy ones. Right. (laughs) Even the healthy ones are not good. How do people reach you? Okay, they can reach me through my website, livefoodacademy.com. There's a submission button there where they can, um, you know, send me a message. I'm very accessible. Most of my students end up with my telephone number and they call me all the time, whether they're trying to make something or they want advice on any specific issues that they have. 
So I'm totally accessible. I always have my cell phone. So Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Margaret, for spending time with me today and helping me get a different mindset about eating healthy, being healthier. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm hoping that you will call me. Oh, I, I will <laughs> definitely call, call you. And, and I'm, you. after this podcast, I'm going to go get my juicer down off my shelf and out of the cupboard and put it on the shelf where I can see it. Very good. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Margaret. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to part one of two of my interview with Margaret Gomes, founder and owner of Live Food Academy and certified raw food chef. Be sure to tune in to part two as we continue to discuss how we can heal ourselves through delicious, simple, raw, organic foods. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Steve Schoen, an accomplished professional voice actor and audio producer who created my new intro and outro for Transpersonal Radio. Steve is based out of the Sacramento, California area. If you'd like to hire Steve for voiceover work, you can find him at soundsofmyvoice.com. That's sounds with an S, soundsofmyvoice.com. Steve is also an event entertainer and wedding DJ. If you want to liven up your event with a truly talented and fun personality, check out sacramentoweddingdj.com. You can also find Steve on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash steve.shone. That's S-C-H. O-N. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Trans Transpersonal Radio. If you'd like to suggest a future future topic or be a guest, visit transpersonalradio.com. Call the hotline at 619-800-6057 or like our page, facebook.com slash transpersonalradio.